Oh, come let us adore him. It's such a critical thing for us to remember to do, especially amidst everything we've been walking through. This pandemic has been like nothing we've ever seen. And I think we've, we've learned some lessons amidst the, the pandemic, even some funny things. I think of the, the guy that, uh, husband, he got a, a map of the world and he put it on the wall in the midst of the pandemic and he, and he handed his wife a dart and he said, you throw this dart at that map of the world and wherever it lands on that map, that's where I'm taking you after the pandemic is over. Well, guess what? They're spending two weeks behind the fridge. That's the plan now. So they learned that planning is a little bit difficult. We've also learned about what's really our motivation. Like for those years that have gone by that we've said, you know what, I really would love to deep clean my house, but I just don't have time. Guess what? We found out that time was never the issue. So we learned a little bit about our motivation. We also learned how to be honest with ourselves. I think it's been important that about every two or three days, we just try on a pair of jeans because we know that our pajamas will lie to us about what's going on. Yeah, we had to be honest. And some of us came to the sobering realization that yes, I finished Netflix today. We learned some things. The question is, have we learned the best things? In John chapter 8, Jesus spoke to a crowd and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I think many of us would say that this last season has been dark. Uh, and it's been dark for what are now so many very familiar reasons. But this passage shares a powerful truth that darkness outside doesn't have to create darkness inside. Among the things uh, when I think about when we lived in Iowa, we did time in Iowa about three and a half years. Um, and among the things that I liked about living in Iowa, and the list was very short, it basically would be the people, uh, grain-fed beef, and lightning bugs. That's the list for me. Fireflies. Fireflies were cool. I mean, as you sat out on the front porch, as the dusk was, was beginning to fade into evening, the heat and the humidity were starting to go away on that summer day, and you'd see something. They'd be like stars amidst the underbrush, you know, Christmas lights against the wooded landscape. And so, of course, you had to go and find out what it was. And upon closer inspection, you realized they were insects, lightning bugs. The, the proper name is Lampyridae, insects that carry what's called bioluminescence, a chemical found in their bodies that actually produces its own light. It does so amazingly, bringing no harm to themselves and bringing absolute marvel to everyone who sees them. Theirs is a light that is not reliant on the environment outside. Rather, it is created by the environment within them. It seems to me that that is the very thing that Jesus is trying to get us to understand. He's saying, I've called you to be included among the Lampyridae, among those who bring light to the world because of the light within. And that kind of light is only possible because of Jesus, because of the light of Jesus. I think all of us know that when we look inside our hearts, we know what's really in there. And sure, there's some good stuff in there, but there's also some stuff that we're not so proud of. 
And the truth is, on our own, we're a blend of good and bad, in motive, in action. But certainly none of us are anywhere near perfect. We are not pure light. Yet Jesus offers us his perfect light. A light to change us, to transform us, to, to bring his light in us and through us. This is the Jesus we speak of at Christmas. It's the story that is told at Christmas, the Son of God coming to earth as a baby, born in a manger, born to a virgin. Yet the Christmas story would be incomplete if it ended there. See, not only is Jesus born in miracles, his life is marked by them, healing and teaching and setting captives free, releasing people from the many chains of this life that so easily entangle many of us. Yet as beautiful as all of that was and all that is, it is not Christ's greatest miracle, nor is it the full story. No, the greatest miracle, the full story, is that this perfect one, this one who was and is without sin, a claim that none of us can make, by the way, that one, God's only son, the Messiah, would then give his life on a cross to save the very people who were putting him there. And three days later, he would rise from the grave, proving that he defeated death and darkness with his life. That is the ultimate miracle of the Christmas story. And that is the ultimate Christmas gift. And it's offered to you, even today. It's a miracle that is available to every person within the sound of my voice. Young, old, rich, poor, every nation, tribe, and tongue. We do not any longer have to wander in the dark. The gift Jesus gave at one time is available for all time, including this time. And it is that miracle that allows us to walk in the light of Christ because we can have an actual relationship with Jesus. And as we follow him, he transforms us. All of us, we've seen enough darkness to know that this world, it doesn't have the answers. Yet if we would put our hope in Jesus, we can watch him overcome this world, which means he can overcome the darkness in our world. Jesus wants to bring peace to anxiety, hope to despair, light to darkness. All we have to do is invite him. All we have to do is say yes. In fact, for you right now as you're watching this, you can, you can say yes to Jesus just by clicking on that little hand that says, yes, I want to say yes to that relationship. You can do that right now just to acknowledge what's going on between you and Jesus in this moment. Remember, Jesus doesn't just light our path. Jesus transforms our heart. That's what he wants to do with you right now. Making it possible that we would never have to walk in darkness again, but that we would actually carry the light of God's life in us, with us. We don't have to depend on everything going right out there because we know it won't, but we can know 
that regardless of what happens out there, we can be at peace with God in here forever. That is the peace we long for, and that is a peace that Jesus longs to give us. The year was 1818. The location, a small European village. It had been a tough season for the residents. The Napoleonic Wars had turned their lives upside down. There was troop occupation, violence, lockdowns, financial crisis, and political upheaval. All of it created a cloud of despair even among the breathtaking beauty of the Alps. They were now seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but they were tired. They were weary, and the scars of what they had walked through ran deep. That might sound a little familiar. It was there that the assistant priest, after seeing a small traveling production of the Christmas story, found himself moved by the beauty of Christ amidst the ashes of their pain. And in that, he was reminded of a poem that he had written previously, and he felt perhaps it was intended to be a song. He brought the poem to a friend who was an organist, but there was a problem. Like so many things in the aftermath of that season, the organ at the church wasn't working. Whether it was mice or rust that caused that deterioration, the simple fact was without an organ, it would be difficult to write and sing this song for their Christmas Mass. Yet his friend had an idea. We can compose and perform it on the acoustic guitar. Sure, it was unconventional to the norms of the day, but they had no choice. It was either innovate or do nothing. And they were very much weary of doing nothing. And so with that peaceful nuance expressed so perfectly by that instrument, Joseph Moore and Franz Gruber penned the words and melody that would outgrow their sleepy Austrian town, singing for the first time ever that Christmas Eve, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Their context in some ways was not so different than ours. Lockdowns, violence, political upheaval, economic crises. Sounds a lot like 2020 to me. And yet still, the author could pen those words. All is calm. All is bright. How is that possible? It's possible because of the one who is peace, the one who is light, the one who died to give peace and light to us. Maybe the pandemic has made things feel a bit dark for you a bit dim, a bit unclear, and, and life even without pandemics can feel like that. Yet today all of that can change. We can receive the greatest and most eternal gift in all of creation. We can receive God's gift of relationship, found as we follow God's Son. And I promise you, wherever you find yourself on this day, if you receive that gift, you too will be able to declare, regardless of the darkness outside, all is.